Kevin Sorbo, Gracie. They disobey their pastor. You have a rebellious, rebellious crew, Dusty. Good morning, guys. We're going to get started here. If you happen to hear a radio frequency during worship, I don't know what that is, but we've been picking up something, so it's been awesome. Huh? All right, so we'll pray, we'll get started, um, and let's just leave room for God to do what he wants to do today. Jesus, we, um, we come, we, we thank you uh, for um, your love, for what you've done for us on the cross, and um, I just pray today that we would remember um, how good our God is. I pray, um, or invite Holy Spirit, you move how, for you to move however you want. Um, I pray that we're sensitive to your presence. And um, yeah, just be with us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll get started. Search the world, it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. You came along and put me back together. Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend, cause the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than 
there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You turn mourning. You turn mourning to dancing. You turn beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. Graves. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Uh, this next song is a new one for us, and I don't usually do this, but there's some words that maybe aren't or orthodoxly worshipy, but we've just gotten over talking about the Psalms and God wanting honesty, so this is actually based on the Psalms. If they're a little, huh, just go with it. Take that side 
much above my head I'll look at you instead I need to check myself And probably smile for often Cause when I'm by your side I know I'm just a child
stillness I know that you Since I know there I am restored when you call I won't refuse each new day again I'll
blood, Lord Jesus. Crucified to set me free. Now I live to be Yeah, I got a kind of a sense. Maybe it's for me. Maybe it's for, I think, others here. <laughs> the silence is can be, like, almost excruciating. Like, uh, I just get, like, a sense someone's maybe thinking, like, good Lord, just sing, keep going, because the silence is uncomfortable. And I feel like God's saying, no, <laughs> I have something to say to you. So if that's you, um, we're just going to kind of keep it for maybe another minute or more. Um but I encourage you, God might mean to say, so be open. Before we keep going, does anyone think they have something they're supposed to share? And that Dusty will bring you the wireless mic so people can hear you. defeated Goliath. He only mentioned Goliath a couple of times, but he 
mentioned his Lord like 10. And I know a lot of us right now are here to struggle. And the point of it was, are we focused on the struggle in front of us or are we focused on our Lord and Savior? And he wasn't ignoring Goliath. He was fully recognizing that his, his trust was in the Lord. And I really, I really think myself and, and maybe some others besides me really missed the focus from the struggle to our Savior. And I pray as that perspective shift really kind of helps. grab the roll. Something I do um, as our practice is listening to God. Um, This is something that I do in integration in my uh, celebration of Christmas discipline class that I do as part of like listening to God. I know you can hear me and I'm fairly understandable for the most part, right? Um, Ryan, could you just read the Uh, no place I'd rather be, no place I would rather be, place I would rather be than hearing your love, hearing your love, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, I can't control, I want more of you, God, I want more of you, God, so set a fire down in my soul. So that's what it's like if you don't shut up when we're trying to hear. We're so busy talking, and we're so busy with stuff going on in our brain, and we're so busy with the world around us. And, and you know, both Ryan and, and Chris were talking about that unkindness stuff and, and just crying. But unless we can get to that place where we can shut out everything else and just listen for the voice of the Lord, and you want to hear from God, you will not hear from God you can shut out that other stuff. And so if if that's truly something you want, if you truly want to hear and speak to something today, you've got to shut all that other noise down. You've got to shut all that other noise out and back so that you can hear my voice. And so that's my encouragement to you this morning is learn to do that. Learn to hear that because God can give you guidance and direction and comfort. He can lift you up. He can give you something to lift someone else up. He can show you how to pray. He can teach you. He can open up his word to you if you can just learn to focus on that other voice. Amen? Um, Let's do this. We're going to um, go ahead and and transition here. So uh, if I could get everybody to stand real quick. And I would love for you to go and greet a couple of people. Try to open somebody you don't know and go say hi to them. And we're going to get stuff over up here. So five minutes. Five minutes. We'll be back.
I think, whoop, I am there. Thank you. Okay. That's good. Can I give you a 60-second warning? My, my mom and dad used to always be like, okay, so you won't be disappointed. Here's your warning so that you know when it's actually time to leave, like you've already been warned. So here's your C-second. Filter, filter back here from their various things. So just a couple of little business things, announcements before we get into the message. Uh, one, it is my uh, friend, adopted daughter, Ashley, has a birthday this week. So I know, totally like ambushing you, embarrassing you. So we're gonna sing happy birthday real quick. I'm gonna turn off my mic so that we don't destroy our speakers. <laughs> I, I should have warned you I was going to hold the Ashley. That was my fault. That was my fault. I'm a bad band instructor. Uh, so a couple of announcements. One, some of you guys might have heard, um, starting tomorrow, statewide, they're reenacting the mask mandates. So these little are once again going to be attached to our faces. Favorite thing either? Just for the record, if anybody was curious, not my favorite thing, um, but part of being an adult is doing things you don't necessarily like, like cleaning up my dog's poo, cleaning up after my son when he leaves a mess in my kitchen. There's lots of things that as an adult I do that I don't particularly like nor enjoy, and I would other things. Wearing a mask is one of those things. That is what they are, are mandating starting tomorrow. So for church next week, until they lift that mandate, we will be doing the same thing. Um, it is not a, uh, a moral issue. Let me say that. Wearing a mask or not wearing a mask is not a moral issue. It's a health thing. So if I have to do it, I will grumpily do it, <laughs> which is exactly how I'll be doing it. But... Um, it's it's our, our, our duty, so I'm going to be doing that. Uh, there's a reason I never went in the military. <laughs> and not just because I probably wouldn't have been fit, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so going on from that, we have a few things starting up this fun is our alpha group. My friend Aaron, Aaron, can for me? There's my friend Aaron. Aaron and his lovely wife, also Aaron, but with an E are going to be starting up an alpha group. It's going to be starting September 15th at 6.30. I'm putting all of these slides up on our social media this week, so to them you can reference back to them. 
um, but there's an alpha group that's going to be starting out. And I just kind of pulled this little mini description directly from Alpha's website. I stole their little question mark, um, kind of grabbed whatever to, to share this information with you. So Alpha, starting September 15th, we're working on childcare. So if you have kiddos, you're still welcome to come, and we'll try to have some childcare available for that. Uh, Celebration of Discipline. This is a class I teach every so often. If you've been here any amount of time, you've probably heard about it before because I teach it every couple of years. And it's a little bit like we were talking about this morning. Being able to have the internal, outward, and corporate spiritual disciplines in our lives. Um, we start off um, week doing a time of silence and meditation on the Lord and on Scripture. Um, sometimes I'll give a prompt, sometimes I won't. And eventually, once we've kind of built up our inner man and built up our, our discipline, um, you, you will get to where you can sit in silence for a half hour. And it doesn't, if you feel like that much time has gone. And you're just meditating on God and on his presence, on the spirit, on a peace. Um, so that's the inward discipline part. It's meditation, prayer, fasting, study. The outward disciplines of simplicity, solitude, submission to authority, service. How do we care for, for others in the world around us? Um, and then the corporate disciplines, confession. Did you know like confession is in the Bible? It's not just for my friends across the street. I have to confess to people. <laughs> like, hey, I'm dusty. I have this title or whatever. And here's how I screwed up and disappointed God. Because I sin and mess up. And so hear my confession. Um, worship is a discipline, the discipline of worship. Sometimes you probably here and you don't really feel like praising God. And you don't worshiping, and maybe you're just not into it. Or maybe it doesn't sound right to you. Maybe Ryan's guitar is tuned improperly. In the back, singing poorly. It just, that's okay, because it's not your worship, it's God's. So it doesn't really matter how you feel about it, because it's God's worship. Guidance, allowing God to guide us and direct us. The discipline of celebration. How do we party well? How do we celebrate God and his goodness? So the spiritual disciplines. Youth group. Youth group is going to be kicking off a weekly youth group again, September 15th. It's going to be Sunday nights, 5.30 till 7. Um, you guys are doing it here, right? Up in the youth room. So up in the youth room. Here and Okay. That's fine. Okay. No, I understand. It's been on lockdown. I mean, you need to be a little bit of cleaning and zhushing with the youth room. Got it. Okay, so it's going to be here. Um, so starting September 19th. Also September 19th, uh, ladies groups. Ladies groups are going to be starting up. You guys will be able to get to hang out, enjoy each other, pray for each other. Probably some kind of snack involved or something, at least if it was me. And, um, so September 19th, right after service, you're going to get together and you guys are going to hang out. So that's all of my announcements. We actually have a lot of really cool stuff starting to kick fall, and I'm stoked about that. You know you're from the 80s when you use the word stoked, and I just caught self. That's okay. The 80s were especially for music. I know, my people. Well, the 70s, 70s, 80s, I, can, I could do that. I could kind of stay a little bit together. But the 90s, ugh. new kids on the block, please. And yeah, 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 no. 
JT with his top ramen hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there's lots of stuff. Anyway, sorry. That was a total digression. I always laugh. He'd go off these rabbit trails because he did it all the time, and here I just did. I don't usually... I'm tired today. I'm going to make a confession. I earlier. I confess to you guys I'm really tired today. My son was out, late, like, rolled in about midnight or so. The dog started barking his head off, and so just the full alert mode, where I was wide awake, the adrenaline kicked through, and I got back to sleep about 4 a.m., and then woke up at 7 to do church stuff. So if I'm a little not quite as focused as I normally am, and I digress into talking about new kids on the block, that's where that's coming from. So <laughs> just a moment of confession. I'm good, um, just maybe a little rummy you know, from lack of sleep. Yeah, so 2 Peter 3. Let's pray, because we need it, and we can get started. Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, it's on now. Jesus, would you open up your word? Would you show us who you are? Would you show us your, your truth through your scripture, your goodness, God? Lord, that you love us and that you care for us and that you, you give us try after try after try, Lord God. That, Jesus, you are a good, loving, and patient God. And we thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord. Amen. So 2 Peter 3 talks about this future return of Jesus. And I'm going to just jump right in here. Beloved friends, this is now the second letter I have written to you, ignore that A from my copy-paste, in which I to stir you up and awaken you to a proper mindset. So never forget both the prophecies spoken by the holy prophets of old and the teaching of our Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. Stop there really quick. A lot of people... I've heard this throughout most of my Christian life say, well, I'm just a New Testament Christian. Like somehow the Old Testament didn't happen or didn't occur or didn't matter or any number of things. Um, if you listen to Paul, if you listen to the words of Jesus, if you listen to Peter, they didn't have that view. They were constantly referring back to the prophets Referring back to Isaiah, referring back to Daniel, referring back to the Psalms, referring back to what was the Torah, which was Jewish scripture. They didn't just throw it away and say, oh, well, that was then and this is now. That didn't happen. So those things are important, and Peter's encouraging them never to do that. He term, awaken you to a proper mindset. I found this cool... Um, Bible where it had it in the original Aramaic translation. And so I was kind of using that to get some text in what was happening in, in the scriptures here because some of it was a little bit muddy for me and so I needed to dig a little bit deeper. And I loved how the Aramaic translated this sentence, or this sentence is translated in the Aramaic. It's, awaken your beautiful memories. Isn't that so much more poetic than awaken you to a proper mindset? Awaken your beautiful memories. Awaken those thoughts, those memories of, of what came before and the beauty and the encouragement in them. Remember who you are and what you are to be. Your identity in Jesus Christ. Awaken 
those beautiful memories of your relationship with Jesus. Above all, you must understand that in the last day, mockers will multiply, chasing after their evil desires. They will say, so what about this promise of his coming? Our ancestors are dead and buried, yet everything is still the same as it was since the beginning of time until now. This specific scoffers and mockers is Peter once again referring to these Gnostic teachers that I talked about last week, that he read in the previous letter. They foolishly follow their own evil desires, claiming that Jesus is not returning, that he's not coming back, as it says in verse 4. And therefore, there's no one to judge them. So they can do whatever they want, because there's nobody to judge them. They conveniently overlook that from the beginning, the heavens and the earth were created by God's word. He spoke, and the dry ground separated from the waters. Then long afterwards, he destroyed the world with a tremendous flood by those very waters. And now, by the same powerful word, the heavens and the earth are reserved for fire, being kept for judgment day when all of the ungodly perish. So Peter's talking about destruction and about those who mock and how I love this term, deliberately forget. Have you guys ever ran into somebody or maybe you've even yourself where you're like, so, you know, my wife asked me to take out the garbage. I had other things going on and I forgot. They deliberately forget or either willfully ignore or fail to notice that everything has not gone on as it has since the beginning of creation. Right? You'll hear people say this, well, nothing really ever changed. There were literally floods that destroyed everything but for a group of people. That's not changed since the beginning of creation? That's not something different happen? Everything's just been static? It's true, but I mean, oftentimes you'll hear people say that, you know, it's just, you know, the, this whole Jesus thing doesn't really matter. He said he was going to come back. It hasn't happened some 2,000 years later. Who cares? What's the point? Why are you wasting your time? Right? You've heard that. I've heard that. I've had a conversation where we've had that discussion. But any honest observation world should be able to recognize that things are not the perfection that we're at creation. When in the Garden of Eden, everything was at peace, that we walked with God, that there was a perfect union between us and our Lord, changed. And our world bears scars of those choices, choices we still make today. I felt like sometimes God's like, you know, I brought you into this world, <laughs> you know, as a parent, I can take you out, like, but for him, it's like literal. <laughs> Continuing on, eight and nine. So dear friends, don't let this one thing escape your notice. A single day counts like a thousand years to the Lord Yahweh. And a thousand years counts as one day. This means that contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promise to return, 
as some measure of lightness. But rather, his delay simply reveals his loving patience towards you because he does not want anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. See, we get so hung up in the moment. We get so wrapped up in our current time and our current place, and we don't have this eternal perspective. We don't recognize that God's kingdom is first and God's kingdom is eternal and God's kingdom exists outside of linear time and space. And so our current trouble or issues or mask mandate or whatever we have going on in this moment are so, is so immaterial in, in connection and understanding of the eternal kingdom of God. Our current troubles are as nothing. I'm not saying that it doesn't I'm not saying that it's not frustrating. I'm not saying that it doesn't cause emotions to happen in me because all of those things are true. But if I have an eternal perspective that I am first and first a child of the Most High God, that Jesus is my King and my Lord, and I am a member of the court of the kingdom of God, and that kingdom stands above all other kingdoms, and that that kingdom exists outside of linear and space, That's a big deal. That's like a, that's a large concept for me to wrap my head around. I'm going to, um, good morning for Dusty, I guess. I'm going to confess something again to you, something that I have always wrestled with most of my life. Um, I can only think so far down the avenue, and I can feel myself getting anxious now, so far down the avenue of eternity and there's a certain point at which my mind is trying to wrap around foreverness that I start, um, my heart starts beating, I start sweating, I get anxiety, I start to stress. I remember as a young man, probably about 19 years old, there was a, a preacher up front and he was talking about um, all the things of heaven and living forever and stuff. And I like literally had to get up and leave the room because I was so stressed about it. Like, because my head started going down the path of non-endingness and couldn't handle it and started shutting down. And so I, I struggle sometimes with this concept of forever and eternity and God and his kingdom existing outside of time. Not that I want to just become nothingness and dust. I don't. I mean, I, I would rather continue on forever in joy and happiness with the Lord Jesus and and my family and my friends and get to see my great grandma guy see and you know i mean i want i want that stuff but the thought of never ending is like shuts my brain down sometimes but through scripture we know that that's true that there is a never-ending existence after th after this mortalness after this dust after entropy takes hold and all things finally wind down that there is something more and if that is true, and the words of Jesus are true, and the words of the prophets and the apostles and the disciples are true, if all of those things are true, 
then that should affect how I live my life, and it should be different. It should be different from, than those around me who don't know that truth. I should live differently. Here's the, real, here's the, the, the coolest part, the most amazing part of what Peter's saying here. That the, Jesus has not come back yet. The reason the world keeps going on the way it is is because of grace. Because he wants as many people as possible to come to a full knowledge of Jesus Christ and who he is and God's love and God's salvation and, and, and God's grace and mercy. Like, and so people who are frustrated, like, Jesus, why haven't you come back yet? This is why, because he wants more people to know about him. They want, he wants more people to know that there is acceptance and love and grace and forgiveness for you. And so he's delaying, Peter says. He's waiting. He's holding off so that more people can come to know him. God's not returning yet is love. You hear that? The fact that God hasn't destroyed the world and hasn't come back yet is because he loves us. And so I remember so many times listening to people and talking to people who were so frustrated. You know, we've all probably heard it right. Jesus, can't you just come back and end all this? Like, can't you just come back and, and so we can all just be done? Like, just make this end because everything sucks so bad? Like, can't you just do that? And Peter's saying, no, there's a reason. Excuse me. I think I'm good. A little bit scratchy. I don't know about anybody else, but the smoke... So I'm trying to keep the water down. Anyway, let's continue on. Um, the Aramaic translation. As I mentioned before, I kind of found this Aramaic scripture and kind of side reading. It translates just a little bit differently, and so I wanted to read it. The Lord does not treat his kingdom like a dutiful chore, as some people consider it, like the treatment of a temporary laborer. But he pours out his spirit on your behalf since he does not wish that anyone should perish, but that everyone should come into grace. I love this thought, this idea. God doesn't treat you as a chore. Can you hear that? You are not a chore to God. You are not just a job that he's fulfilling. You are someone who he loves, that he loves to the point that he would die for you. That is not just the response of somebody's job. I have a job. I enjoy my job at the middle school. You know, all things willing, I would not die for my job. <laughs> That's the reason I didn't go into some other field. <laughs> like, you know, hopefully in my little technology office at my computer, I don't have to, like, you know, it's that or, you know. <laughs> like, but God, but Jesus doesn't view us that way. He views us with love and grace. It's not just a chore for him. Continuing on, 10 and 13. The day of the Lord will come and take everyone by surprise as unexpected occasion. 
the atmosphere will be set on fire and vanish with a horrific roar, and the heavenly bodies will be as in a tremendous blaze. The earth and every activity of men will be laid bare, since all of these things are on the verge of being dismantled. See how vital it is to live life. We must be consumed with godliness. While we anticipate and help speed up the coming of the day of God, when atmosphere will and the heavenly bodies consumed in blaze. But we, we trust in God's royal proclamation to be fulfilled. There are coming heavens new in quality, and in quality, where righteousness will be fully at home. See, there's this coming day. God says that, that this current existence will be dismantled. This current existence will be destroyed. It's going to be replaced with something better. See, that's that's the God we serve. When we, when we give him things that we cherish, things that we feel are so important, things that we want to hold on to so tightly, when we give those things over to his lordship, when we give those things over to God, and we trust those his hands, every single time he gives us back something. He gives good. He gives us back sometimes something so unexpected that we never imagined that it could be that great. There's this trust issue that we all wrestle with, and it's all of us. It's all of us. I think when the when the enemy tries to get us alone, he tries to, to tell us that we're the only one with a trust or a faith issue and everyone else is just fine. And it's just a lie. <laughs> it's just not true. We all wrestle with faith and with trusting Jesus, like fully, like with everything, like every single part of us. But the, he's proven himself over and over and over again that he's of that trust. All throughout the New Testament, this, this statement that no one knows when Jesus will return. Anyone who tells you different is lying. I don't know what a great deal they want to give you on their book. It's just truth. You don't know. However, all throughout the New Testament as well, we are encouraged to live every single day as if it was our last. As if Jesus was coming back in the next 15 minutes. What if Jesus was coming back tomorrow? How would you be different? What would you do? What would you change? If there were people who you knew and you didn't know about his love. That's how we should be living each day. Billy Graham said, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, God's job to judge, and my job to love. Sometimes we get that twisted around. Sometimes we think that it's our job to convict and it's our job to and it's just God's job to love. We, none of us, are properly equipped to do God's job. Just not. I'm not good enough. I'm not. I know my brokenness. <laughs> 
I am not even close to being holy enough. If I were your God, you guys would all be toast. Like, like there would be so many on the floor. Like, it's just like, because, you know, people frustrate me. I get annoyed. I get agitated. There probably wouldn't be a single politician left in the world. They would just all fall dead. Like, <laughs> just, you know, I'm, so let's all be so grateful that God and that it is not my job to judge them. Because it just, it would be bad. There's this phrase that's been of use, you know, people have used like, stay in your lane. What's your lane as a follower of Jesus? To share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. In your lane. Continuing on, beloved friends, with all that you have to look forward to, may you be eager to be found living pure lives when you come into his presence, without blemish and filled with peace. Keep in mind that our Lord's extraordinary patience simply means more opportunities for salvation. Just as our brother Paul wrote to you, with the wisdom that God gave him, he consistently speaks of things in all of his letters even though he writes some concepts that are overwhelming to our understanding. I'm going to pause there. I love that Peter says that even that some of the things Paul says that he has a hard time understanding. That makes me feel so much better <laughs> as I approach, like, say, 1 Corinthians or some other scriptures. Like, okay, Peter, who walked with Jesus, was sometimes like, man, that Paul dude is really smart. Like, some of the things he says are kind of tough to figure out. Like, oh. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Continuing on. Overwhelming to our understanding, which the unlearned and the unstable love to twist to their spiritual ruin. Their scriptures. I love this. The unlearned and unstable love to twist these to their spirit as they do other scriptures. So many times we want scripture to say what we want it to say rather than what it says. We should be changed into the likeness of Jesus, not trying to change Jesus into us. We shouldn't just be like, you know, Jesus, if only you were a Trekkie, it would be so much better for me. Like, why couldn't you tell the world of the goodness of John Luke Picard? You know, like, that's wrong, right? <laughs> like, that should not be, you know, or Jesus, if only... If only you would condemn these people. There's this great quote by Anne Lamott. And it goes something like this. And I'm kind of paraphrasing Anne Lamott here. But um, I love her and, uh, and how she speaks and her, like, complete transparency. But if you ever go to read any of her stuff, just know that even though she loves Jesus dearly and is a Sunday school teacher, she's cusses like a salty sailor. I mean, she just, I don't know. But, um, but she says, and it was absolutely fantastic. She says, if it turns out that God hates all of the same people you do, it is very likely that you have created him in your image. If it turns out that God hates all of the same people you do, it is very likely that you have created him in your image. It's just so true. Continue with this. Our dear brother Paul, I love this. 
even though Paul came after Peter <laughs> for actions that he thought were not compatible with the gospel, if you read Galatians through 14, it's this whole issue of circumcision and not being more Jewish. Two disciples agreed about the essentials of the gospel message. He's referring to him as his brother Paul. We can be of different theological understandings about non-salvation issues and still be in unity or of the gospel. Peter and Paul did not see eye to eye on some issues. And Paul didn't, or Peter didn't even always understand what Paul was talking about, as he mentioned earlier. And they were still in unity as to who Jesus was. Do you remember last week I, re I read the Apostles' Creed? You know, what are the main and the plain understandings of our faith? There are so many things in this world that want to divide us, Jesus. There are so many things that want to separate us. There are so many things that want to cause rifts and divisions and hatred and anger towards each other. Like the enemy it has been so happy these last couple of years. I cannot tell you how much joy I believe he has gotten out of all the turmoil and, and hatred and anger that people have been throwing at each other. Including people who like loved each other. I've seen families ripped to politics. How freaking stupid is that? I've seen people who are brothers and sisters in Christ hate, separate, break fellowship with each other over some stupid point of, I don't know, whatever. It's just, whether it's health or politics or, or justice or whatever it is, There is so much more that is so much more important that we have in common that separates us in the person of Jesus Christ and God's scripture and his love and the eternal reward that we all have coming before us. So don't let yourselves, church, hear me. Don't let yourselves get caught up into the trap and the pit enemy that wants to separate us and divide us. What does it say the enemy wants to come and do? Lie, kill, destroy. Have you seen those things happening? Because I have. Fight back. Love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. That should be our character. That should be our integrity. That should be who we are as followers of Jesus. That the good news of Jesus Christ binds us together so much more tightly than anything that would come to separate us. Hear that. Hear that this morning. 17 through 18. As for you, divinely loved ones, since you are forewarned of these things, be careful that you are not led astray by the error of the lawless and lose your grip on the truth, but continue to grow and increase in God's grace and intimacy with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May he receive all the glory, both now and until the day of eternity begins. Peter, in his encourages us to make sure to hold on to our faith, like I was just talking about, and hold fast to the truth of gospel, to continue to and increase in grace, intimacy with Jesus. That our relationship with him should be the 
concern of our lives. Our you know, in physics, basically everything here on earth, the energy that it uses comes from the sun. It comes from a single source, the sun. As you go through biology, you know, with plant matter, and then the, you have consumers, and you have decomposers, and there's all, you know, there's all these different functions that everything serves, but all of the energy comes from the sun. And all of our energy comes from the sun. Like everything that drives us, that gives us life, that moves us forward, that, that is our reason for being, should be S-O-N. Like we should draw our soul of life from Jesus. When you're feeling down, when you're struggling, when you're wrestling with anxiety or grief or, or depression or pain, uh, you know, isolation, you know, there's all these different things that we wrestle with. You are not alone. There is a source of, uh, of life that you can draw from that is Jesus Christ. And in the person of the Holy Spirit, it says he's ever-present, that he's always, that you can pray and say, God, help me. That's one of the most found prayers you can ever pray. Jesus, help me. Help me. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Be with me. Live with me. C.S. Lewis said this. I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it... I see everything else. Like, chew on that. Believe that because of his faith, his faith allowed him to see the whole rest of the world. Atheist, C.S. Lewis, originally, who said that the story of Jesus was no more truth than the story of Odysseus. That it was just a nice story. He came to this point where he understood that Jesus and Christianity and his faith was so central to his life that that faith, that belief, affected everything else in his life. That there was nothing in his life that was left untouched by Christ. That it changed everything. And that should be us. We should have nothing that is left untouched by Jesus. And so I wanted to kind of end with this. just a moment of self-reflection. Where is your relationship with Jesus today? Like now. And now. And now, now. Like in this moment, in this time, in this space, what is this relationship with Jesus like for you? And also, there may be some in here who maybe you've never even considered walking with Jesus. No, that Jesus came for us and that he extended his grace and his forgiveness. That all of the horrible, awful, destructive, both to yourself and others and to God, bad things that you've done can be taken care of in the person of Jesus Christ. That there's forgiveness and grace and love for you in the person of Jesus. That in you, 
and change all of your life, just as C.S. Lewis was talking about. Change all of your life. Like every aspect of your life can be differently through the person of Jesus. That, that there, is a, there is a grace and a love and a forgiveness for you that you've never known. And that, that there's a God who he loves you so much that he wants to walk alongside you and support you and encourage you and, and be with you. That you can experience a depth of relationship that you've you've never experienced before. I bet, I'm sure there are lots of us in this room today and, and watching online who have been let down by people, that there have been some really just screwed up things that have been done to you by humans and by people throughout, just painful stuff. And what if I could tell you that you could have a relationship with someone who would never do you wrong? Like that you could trust completely, that you could trust utterly, that, that, that it says he never changes. In, in Hebrews, um, it says that uh, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That his, his forgiveness for you, his love, grace, his mercy, his depth of love for you that, that drove him to, to give his life, that never changes. That he doesn't get rid of that love for you. That he loves you at that level for always. And you get, you get to hang out with that guy. You get to be with that person, to have him in your life. And that you always have access to him as you pray to him. If you're quiet, like we talked about in the very beginning, if you're quiet and you put yourself in his presence, he'll respond to you. God wants to speak to you. God wants to reveal that it's different for different people. Sometimes he shows people pictures. Sometimes he sings to people. Sometimes he gives people words. Sometimes it's just this emotional sense of, of and his presence. God reveals himself to us in, in many different ways. But you have that. Um, Ryan, could I, could I get you to come up? Um, here's what I would like to do. Um, Sorry, I'm just stopping this now for a while. Um, there's, there's two things. One, if you're someone who you have a relationship with Jesus, like you know, you know Jesus and you've, you've decided that, yeah, I want, you know, God, I want to follow you. I want to be with you. I, want, I, I recognize you as my God and my Savior. Um, but maybe you've been ignoring that relationship maybe you've not really thought it was that important to you or you just had better things um i want to give you some space to kind of put yourself before god and and confess confess to the confess to jesus that hey god i've been pretty much ignoring you i've just kind of my own thing um you're just kind of this thing that hangs out in the background. Um, but I don't really like engage in any kind of significant way. Um, I would I just encourage you to get yourself before and connect with him in this moment. Um, if you're someone who you've, you've never even decided to with Jesus, that you've never decided to follow, uh, to follow Jesus, um, 
I'm going to have you talk with, would you and Debbie maybe be back there for me? Uh, Chris, would you mind going back to, just in case there's any folks. Um, if you are someone who you would like to like start walking with Jesus, if you're someone who would like to say, you know what, um, I want somebody who would love me no matter what. I want somebody that I can depend on. I want somebody who loved me so much that he he would die me and want to like hang out with him forever. Like that sounds kind of amazing. Um, somebody who will, in scripture it says that Jesus never leaves us and never forsakes us. Like he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Like, like he's not going to ditch you. There will be no ghosting from Jesus, except maybe some holy ghosting. But there will be no ghosting from Jesus. He's going to just shut you down, but that he's there for you. Um, so if you're someone who you've never really said, hey, you know what, I want, I want to be part of Jesus. I want to be part of his family. I want, to be, I want to feel God's love. I want to feel God's peace. And you've never done that before. I encourage you to see some of my friends in the back here. They would love to talk to you and pray with you. Um, and then we can kind of uh, connect with you from there. But So if that's you, so I'm going to say a quick prayer. I'm going to let my friend Ryan um, kind of just play quietly. And um, let's... Let's put ourselves in the presence of Jesus. Let's put ourselves in the presence of God and let him speak to us. So Lord, if there's any here who don't know you, Jesus, who they've never um, chosen to follow you, that they have ne- just don't have a relationship with you, and maybe have never even heard of you before, Lord, I ask, would you show yourself to them? Holy Spirit, would you call them to you? Would you direct them, Lord, into a relationship with you, into your presence, Jesus? Lord, you are so good, and you love us so much. And Lord, you're just, you're like, you literally pause on everything so that we could come to know you. Do you love us so much? Lord, would you reveal yourself to us? And Lord, for those of us who our relationship with you has just, been kind of that you're just a side thing. That you're mashed potato other than our turkey dinner. Lord, could you be central to every act of our lives? Lord, could you change us that we would see everything in our life through the filter of Jesus Christ in our relationship with you, God? Lord, that this time and this space, however many years we have on this earth, is just a blink. It's, it's a nothing. But that we have eternity to be with you and everything we're doing now matters. Lord, that everything we are doing now matters. What we are doing in this point in time and space matters. And it has eternal repercussions that will last, that will echo that the echo of this moment will last throughout eternity. That our relationship with you, for you and your love for us, is something that goes on without end. And what could be more important? So Lord, would you recenter us, guide us, would you direct us presence, Jesus? Holy Spirit, come. We're going to just take, take about two to five minutes or so and um, just put yourself in God's presence like I said if you've if you've never 
decided to pursue a relationship with Jesus, I encourage you to, to see my friends at the back there.
think of many things. For one, you know, how do we heal and then two, where where is it that that we need help? Thank you. Um, first one more scripture and then we'll just sing another person we know by silent respiration. John fourteen. this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So there's two parts to this. One, the Holy Spirit, part one of the Holy Spirit's job is to remind us of God's love for us. And that he will teach us finishes with that. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus promises his peace to us and that we don't have to be troubled and we don't have to be afraid. And no matter what's going on in the world around us or in our relationships, our lives, our jobs, I bless those watching online, Lord God. I speak to you in the name of Jesus. I speak the peace that passes all understanding over you in the name of Jesus. In the Psalms it says, and I'm going to pray this blessing over all of us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you show his grace to you and may he give you peace one more time verse 27 peace I leave with you my peace I give you I do not give to you as the world gives do not let your heart be troubled and do not 